Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. As you might expect, neighbors, this week on the Tech Night Now Live, we'll be talking about the new iPad, or whatever you want to call it. We'll be featuring Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, Adam Inks of Tidbits, and Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. Lots more coming on the Tech Night Now Live. (laughs) So, Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, I know that if you tried on Wednesday afternoon to place an order at Apple's online store, it wouldn't work very well because the thing was so badly overloaded. Well, it looks like Apple is obviously in great position again with the new, in quotes, iPad that has no name except new. So we can call it the tablet that has no name or maybe the tablet that shall not be named. Uh, it shall not be named. It's like Voldemort, but with much higher resolution. Well, actually, technically, what it is, it's called the new iPad. So, for example, they're selling the iPad 2 and the 16-gigabyte version for $100 less at $399. The new iPad is called the new iPad. It's not the iPad 3. It's not iPad HD. So therein lies a name. It's extremely inconsiderate of people who are trying to get their content found. And I'm not just talking about journalists like myself, but stores that are selling new iPad accessories or selling the new iPad itself. Because by not giving the product a unique name, they've created a search engine optimization problem. You know, if you're Amazon and you want to be found in Google, you want your new iPad sales page to be found in Google, what are you going to do? You have to come up with your own name. Oh, it's or just look up iPad. new iPad. Yeah, but first of all, new is sort of a stop word. Uh, that is a word that search engines don't kind of ignore because it's so common. And second of all, new is a relative term, right? Last year, the new iPad was iPad 2. Next year, the new iPad will be the fourth generation. So using a, a relative word like new is, is not good. You need precise language in search engines. Musical artists know this. That's why you have all these people with really weird spellings of their name, like Kesha, who uses a dollar sign instead of an S in her name because there's no other person in Kesha who spells it that way. Search engines have sort of changed the way we name things, but Apple doesn't care. Uh, and, and it's not just the case with the iPad. I mean, to be fair, it's also the case with the MacBooks. Uh, only the iPhone and the previous-gen iPad were named with, that, named with numbers that helped you identify which they were. You know, this is kind of a side issue for uh, people who are looking to buy the product. I'm sure they'll be able to find it one way or the other, if not any other way, by going to apple.com. And they will want to buy it because it is a dramatic improvement over the last generation of iPad for sure. It's also dramatically thicker. It's a little thicker. It's a little heavier. Well, according to what we've seen, only only about a tenth of a pound, maybe a little more than that. The specifics, Uh, here's the specifics. Apple calls it, if you're looking at the weight, and I'm just going to quote them because they do it in such a way it's almost peculiar. They call it 9.4 millimeters thin and weighing 1.44 pounds, which is up from 8.8 millimeters and 1.33 pounds for the iPad 2 or iPad or whatever it's called now. So I guess we call 8.8 millimeters thinner because 9.4 is thin. 
Yep. I mean, so you're really only talking about in terms of what you have to carry 1.11 pounds difference to get the battery life you need to support this higher resolution screen and potentially to support LTE if you buy the new iPad with LTE. So, you know, is it worth a tenth of a pound? I think it is. I mean, we've already seen a lot of Android tablets that are 1.5 pounds. Of course, we've seen a couple like the Galaxy Tab that are 1.2 pounds. But generally speaking, that's right up there and competitive with other tablets of its size. So I think if they bring the goods in terms of performance and features like they've said, I don't think people are going to care about a very minor weight difference. Well, you know, part of it also is in the real world, you're not going to notice that difference. And I suspect for the most part that cases, existing cases may not have a problem with the new form factor because it's so slightly different. But part of it is, of course, the higher resolution display. That's certainly a big part of it. To be able to stuff that in the same case required some compromises. Obviously, some of the other parts may be larger. Well, you know, I think it's it's obviously well worth it. I mean, you're talking about going up to the highest resolution display on on a tablet on the market today. You're going above HD at 2048 by 1536. The highest resolution Android tablet, which has not even come out yet, is Asus's uh, Transformer Prime TF700, which is 1080p, 1920 by 1080. So it's lower than that. This means effectively that the iPad, the new iPad, is significantly higher resolution than the old iPad, which was 1024 by 768, and significantly higher resolution than most Android tablets, which are 1280 by 800 in the 10-inch form factor. For the reader, for the user, uh, that means sharper text, sharper images, fitting more of your web page on a screen potentially, and about as many pixels per inch as the eye can probably see. That's why they call it a retina display. So in this respect, Apple is really up the ante for the industry. I personally think this is a pretty, pretty interesting update. Nothing surprising except the name, of course, or the lack of a name. Everything else came pretty much as predicted. It's a quad-core processor now. Some people were suggesting, no, it's going to be an A5X, which it is, but it'll be dual-core, so Apple makes it quad-core. They kept the prices same, which if you look at what they're adding to it, that's got to be kind of amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of have really thrown down the gauntlet. As it was, there wasn't much of a market for all the Android tablets that were coming out. And now what we're talking about here is really something that is so much superior uh, to the Android tablets that are on the market that I think there's going to be real problems convincing people who are on the fence to buy that Transformer Prime or buy that Samsung Galaxy Tab unless they're going to be either significantly cheaper or they're going to find a way to prove that the Tegra 3 processors that they're using, the quad-core Tegra 3s, are faster than the A5X. Tim Cook threw down the gauntlet to the A5X is faster than NVIDIA's Tegra 3 processor. They said four times faster, and actually that came from Phil Schiller, who was doing the demonstration of the new iPad. But I think we'll have to be the judge of that. We'll have to get a couple of similar games or similar apps and find a way of benchmarking it. I think that's going to be difficult to prove But ultimately, the proof to 
the user population to consumers is, is this really fast? Not well, the one thing really I've fast. noticed in using the iPad 2 rather extensively and playing with some of the other tablets, that Apple is able to make it run very efficient. It always feels snappy. Even if you go back to older iPhones or the original iPad, it felt snappy even with the slower processors. So it's not just having the CPU horsepower to slug through. It's like having a heavy weight. Apple makes it a lighter weight. I think we're seeing that across the industry where even in the case of Windows Phone, uh, which Microsoft is pushing as their, obviously, smartphone platform, they're configuring their software to work on slower devices and to still be snappy because it's really about, you know, what features you exclude to get to that snappiness. So the philosophy of Apple and now the philosophy of Microsoft with Windows Phone is we're only going to give you as much functionality as you can, you can use really well. Uh, whereas with Android, what you see is people sort of piling Android onto every device, whether it's capable of doing the kind of multitasking that you'd want. Or not. And we'll get into more of this with Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash T-N-O. You know, we develop trust in the people we know, but we don't really know someone we can see. That's why I recommend GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's a simple online meeting service. It's GoToMeeting by Citrix. All it takes is a webcam and a click to instantly collaborate. You can start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. You can try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Hi, this is Peter Kronschnabel from Midas Resources. As you know, the federal government spending is at an all-time high, and inflation will be a direct result of the spending policy. European government and central bank spending policies have put the European Union on the brink of collapse. What are you doing right now to protect yourself financially? Are your assets working for you or against you? One thing is certain. Having physical possession of gold and silver will guarantee that no matter what happens to our economy or the dollar, your investment will never be worthless. And it will protect you from that hidden tax, inflation. If you've been thinking about investing in physical possession of precious metals or having an IRA in precious metals, I can help. Call me today, Peter Kronschnabel, at 800 686 2237 extension 108 and i'll take the time to personally put together a portfolio designed to protect what you've worked so hard for call 800-686-2237 extension 108 you've worked hard your whole life and i want to work hard for you call peter at 800-686-2237 extension 108 would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company 
You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to bigberkeywaterfilters.com. How would you like to save over $100 on your gardening seeds this year? You can at GetSeeds.net. GetSeeds offers 100% open-pollinated, heirloom, non-hybrid, GMO-free premium vegetable seeds. On sale now for only $59 for 100 packets. Your 100 packets will include a variety of vegetable seeds, common herb seeds, and garden variety fruits. You can even collect your seeds from the plants you grow so you don't have to purchase more seeds year to year. Go to GetSeeds.net for a chance to buy your seeds at 300-plus percent below online retailer's prices. Save money and get non-hybrid, heirloom, GMO-free, premium growing seeds at GetSeeds.net. GetSeeds.net. Or call us at 877-341-GROW. That's 877-341-4769. GetSeeds.net. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com, and we're talking about the new iPad. By any other name, it's just the new iPad, whereas the previous model, which used to be called iPad 2, is now available in one form, 16 gigabytes for $100 less. I'm not going to try to figure it. But the Apple TV, the new generation, I guess is the third generation product, is still Apple TV. Yeah, Apple has that, Apple has that tendency to really keep it simple with the names. Now, you know, that's part of Apple's simplicity message. It makes it harder for people outside of Apple to talk about the products, but I guess it is a better marketing strategy uh, than giving your products all kinds of strange adverb names like we see in the phone world where we have phones and tablets called things like the honor and the behold and the amaze and inspire. You know, the, at least these devices are, you know, always sporting a consistent brand name and image and one that's not laughable. So obviously Apple is continuing to iterate and one of their strategies too is to always take the last gen model and keep it around for a while, maybe six months or a year, until you replace the current gen. So last year, people were buying the iPad 1 at a discount when the iPad 2 came out. Yeah, but they really didn't technically keep it in the product line. They were just selling it out. This time, officially, the older iPad is in the product line. 
So I'm already <laughs> confused enough. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very confused. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's sort of like trying to keep track of all the Fast and Furious movies. There's the Fast and Furious, Faster and Furious, or Fast and More Fast and Furious. I'm furious because it's fast. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that what you are seeing is, for example, in the case of the iPhone, the 4S came out, but they're still selling the 4 at a discount. Well, so, yeah, but that's become a great marketing ploy now. They also sell the iPhone 3GS at AT&T for free with a two-year contract. So it, it seems that once they've gotten something and had it be out for a year, they may keep it around. They don't do that with MacBooks, though. Once the old MacBook is gone, it's gone. Right. They don't do that with the Apple TV, obviously. But there is an obvious reason. The reason is that they want to fill more price categories. So now you walk into an AT&T store and you want an iPhone, but you can't afford the current one. The 199 is a little bit daunting. It's bad enough. You have to sign up for the contract and all the stuff about the data plans and the and the messaging and all that stuff. So you can get free. That's fine. Okay, it's an older iPhone, but a lot of people don't care. You can get an iPhone 4 for $99. Again, maybe people don't care about Siri. The iPhone 4S has better pictures, has Siri. It's snappier, but not that much snappier. Well, I think you're I think if you look at the market now with the iPad 2 at 399, Apple actually still isn't approaching the budget tablet market. There isn't a very good value proposition right now for someone to buy an iPad 2 as opposed to the new iPad. It's a $100 Delta for a tremendous amount more functionality with the high-res display, the better camera, and potentially with LTE. There's just not a really good reason to buy it at $399, and it's still significantly more than the low-end tablets like the Kindle Fire that are $199. Right, but you know what? The price delta may not make a difference. The question is here is whether Apple will be compelled for any reason to come out with a smaller model. Some are talking not about 7 inches, but 7.85 inches. Now, obviously, we don't know what Apple's going to do. Steve Jobs did denigrate the possibility of a 7-inch iPad, saying it's just not suitable, whatever. 7.85 inches, where did they get crazy sizes like that? Samsung. Samsung has every size of tablet imaginable. So they probably are buying the screens from Samsung or the same company that supplies them. Samsung has a Galaxy Tab 7. They have a 7.7. I think they have an 8 somewhere. They have a 10.1. They've got the Galaxy Note that's 5. Pretty soon they're going to have a 7.2. I mean, it's a little bit crazy how many different sizes and how sort of a company like Samsung, which is a huge company with a huge market share in the world, in in phones anyway, not so much in tablets, has has a completely different philosophy from Apple, which keeps things simple, has two tablets, the old model and the new model, both 9.7 inches, Samsung's philosophy is to flood the market with 10 different Galaxy Notes. But that's part of the tech industry. Everybody does stuff like that. And the thing I have to wonder about here is, from the standpoint of a customer, I go in there and I see 26 different sizes. And I look at that and I would use the British term, I am gobsmacked. What am I going to do with all these sizes? I just want a damn tablet. It, It is a little bit over the top. And I think that it is getting to be 
a little bit a little bit nuts. And I think what you're seeing is some manufacturers actually try and pull back from offering so many models. HTC, for example, in their phone lineup uh, decided at Mobile World Congress to launch what it calls as HTC One Line. And the HTC One Line has only three models, the X as in like extremely high-end, the S as in slim, and the V as in value. And their goal that they told me, perhaps they won't get to live up to it, is to have those phones have the same name and branding no matter what carrier you buy them from, no matter what country you're in, it's still going to be called the HTC One X, they hope, not the HTC Extreme Vigor Incredible Droid. And the point being that nobody knows the difference. I mean, how do you figure out what differentiates one of those models from the other? But that's the argument I have with the PC industry. We understand you want to serve the needs of lots of customers and provide a variety of configurations. But sometimes I doubt that Dell or HP can even tell you what the differences are among their various products. We understand, you know, you need more fine-grained differences with personal computers. And there's a logical reason, I'm sure, to have a 14-inch, a 15-inch, a 16, 17, whatever. There are reasons for this. But you overwhelm the customer. You have lots of models with only fine distinctions that nobody on the planet can figure out. Why are they doing that? Aren't they just starting to learn from Apple? They're starting to learn from Apple. Just put out enough models to fill the areas of the market you want to fill that make sense. You know, you don't need 19, maybe you can get away with six. First of all, if you have only six models instead of 19, maybe you'll sell three times more of each, so therefore you pay less for the parts. You can make more profit. Profit's good, especially on those cheaper computers where they're making very little profit now. It it is a little bit over the top, and I think that we hear about companies sort of coming back on their offerings, and we're seeing it a bit in the phone space but we're not seeing it at all in the PC and in the notebook space, except for Apple, which is long ago paired back. Ever since, of course, the old days of Apple, where they were just as confusing in their product lines as anybody else. Not confusing as Avram Pilch at Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Remoter is your ultimate screen sharing app for your Mac. With Remoter, you can share the screen of a Mac or any VNC-enabled machine, even Windows and Linux. You can do all this and more with Remoter, the easy way to share screens on your computer. Remoter is just $10.99, but wait. Go to store.remoterlabs.com. That's store.remoterlabs.com. Use the coupon code TNO to get 20% off. That's TNO to get 20% off. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. 
Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes, revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker don't answer it If fear strikes your heart when the phone rings, knowing it may be another bill collector, it's time for you to call Zero Debt in 90 Days, 800-477-9256. Settlements, bankruptcy, and attorneys are not the answer and may end up costing you up to 10 times more than necessary. Listen, if you're already in debt, does it make sense to get buried in another payment plan? Zero Debt in 90 Days gets you out of debt in 90 days guaranteed without a payment plan and without attorneys or going to court. Get the fastest relief from debt on the planet when you call 800-477-9256. If you have debt with the IRS, credit cards, student loans, or a foreclosure, we can help at zero debt in 90 days, and we are the only organization to provide written guarantees on the results. Go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. That's ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. Or call now for free information, 800-477-9256. That's 800-477-9256. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. And we have a forum. Yes, we have a forum at the Tech Night Owl. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. As we were talking about Apple's new iPad... I had noticed that there's an article in the New York Times, and the headline says, Apple upgrades iPad with modest changes. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the retina display is not a modest change. Definitely not, because the software is being redesigned around it. Exactly. That's a pretty major change. I think also LTE support is maybe not a major change, but a decent level change. 
Well, the headline for that could be Apple finally embraces 4G because this is going to be the first 4G Apple product. There's no 4G iPhone yet. So. Well, and of course, we understand Apple's excuse for that. Apple's excuse was that the chips use too much power. And as you see in existing 4G phones, that's true. But Apple can get away with that in the iPad because they can use a bigger battery. And maybe they have more efficient chips now. I don't know. Or maybe they also expect that by the time the next iPhone comes out, well, at that particular point in time, there will be more efficient chips. Because I think Apple wants to keep the battery life in the same ballpark they've established now. And they'll do what's necessary. That's one of the design criterion. But again, maybe by the time the next iPhone comes out, they'll get away with it or they'll somehow have space for a more powerful battery one way or the other. In the industry, there is space for a more powerful battery because if you look at, for example, Motorola's Droid Razor Max, that is rocking a 3,300 milliamp hour battery. By way of comparison, most LTE phones you see that are not lasting a long time, lasting four or five hours of continuous use, are using maybe a 16 to 1800 milliamp hour battery. So the Droid Razor Max, not significantly thicker than the original Droid Razor, so it's a very thin phone, is using a 3300 milliamp hour battery. So that's their way around it. Basically, build a bigger phone with a more powerful battery. They're using basically brute force to get around the limitations. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and it's not that much bigger. They just spent the money to get a slim, high-capacity battery. It's still, by most standards, a very slim phone. So Apple could do the same. What's a really disturbing trend that we're seeing across the industry is a lot of manufacturers not caring about battery life and putting in a sealed battery and um, telling the users effectively, good luck to you. Uh, that's what, for example, HTC is doing with its new One X phone, which we, we like a lot. It's a quad-core phone, beautiful display. But I'm very skeptical. We haven't gotten it in yet, so I'll reserve judgment. But I'm very skeptical that they've included something like an 1,850-milliamp-hour battery with a 650-net screen and LTE, and it's sealed in there, so you can't replace it with a higher-capacity battery or carry a second battery with you, and they claim this is going to get good battery life. Where's the good battery life going to come from? And these days, you have to have the high-capacity battery. The screen technology and the LTE technology and even the processor technology just isn't there yet to give you the kind of savings you need to get what I would consider to be a good battery life, 8 to 10 hours of continuous use, over LTE with the standard 1800 milliamp hour battery. Of course, you always hope that eventually they'll develop better battery technology. Now, Apple's technique of doing this with their notebooks was to use a so-called non-easily replaceable battery, although it's pretty easy to replace. You just have to pull out a lot of screws. And the battery takes up a lot more space so they can get a more powerful battery and get more battery life. That's Apple's technique. Well, you see that happening on notebooks as well now. All the Ultrabooks that we've tested, and, and we all know that the Ultrabook is Intel's big big initiative for this year, trying to get people to buy MacBook Air-like PC notebooks. All of them have sealed batteries, and that's all to try and fit a higher-capacity battery in a thinner chassis. The problem there is that in our tests, most of them really don't have great battery life. They're getting, they're getting about six, six and a half hours tops, which is about on par with the air. But I think a user really needs, you know, eight, nine, ten hours, which 
seems like a pipe dream today, but really should be the standard for notebook battery life. If you're walking around on you know a show floor like I've had to do at CES and Mobile World Congress, you don't want to have to think constantly about plugging in. And what you need to avoid battery panic, you need a good 10, 10 hours of battery life to support that. Well, this is something that we're going to have to see where the industry takes it. But again, I think the biggest answer is in the battery companies developing better technologies, more efficient technologies. So 10 hours life for an iPad, why can't we have 20? Why can't we have 50? Exactly. Well, I think what everyone should really be aiming for is, is my iPad going to work or is my notebook going to work? Is my mobile device that I'm counting on going to work on a uh, transatlantic or transpacific flight? Can I use this on my 17-hour flight to Taiwan? Unfortunately, marketing here in the U.S., very often six hours is seen as good because that's a a cross-country flight. But around the world, people take much longer flights than that. And if you're a real business traveler, you've often taken those kind of flights. And it's not just about the flight. It's about walking around your office and not worrying about, oh, I'm in a meeting now. I'm using this product. I'm using my iPad to take notes. Do I have to plug it in? You should not have to plug in your device until you get home at night. Now, if it now I'll tell you to- something about flights. You were mentioning it. My son lives in Madrid, Spain. In order to come here, and of course, he's trying to take advantage of the lower-cost flights. Lower-cost flights mean more time between changing planes. So it's a 13-, 14-hour process for him. If he wanted to use, say, an iPad or his MacBook for 13, 14 hours, no way without a battery charger somewhere and some place to plug it in. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a serious problem for people who are actually traveling and actually doing work. You need more battery life than you're getting out of any of these devices. And don't count on getting, you know, on, on finding an outlet. You know, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, uh, obviously I was, in, I was in Spain myself, had to change planes in Geneva on the way back. There was not one single outlet available in the waiting area. So you can't count on having power available to you and you shouldn't have to. We really do need these higher capacity batteries. And I don't think it's necessarily a technology problem. I mean, there is a technology problem to it, which is we would like batteries to get higher capacity, thinner, lighter, and cheaper. But Motorola was able to achieve this with a Razer Max, but they charged $100 more for it. What really needs to happen is companies need to pony up for the more expensive batteries. Consumers need to demand them, and there needs to be a better, a stronger emphasis placed on battery life that you know users really can place and say, I want the phone that gets 12 hours, I'll pay more. I want the iPad that gets 10 hours of LTE battery life, even if it's a little bit thicker. I'll accept that because battery life has to be prioritized, and it's not a priority for everyone. Not yet. Maybe it will be. I guess it will be if one company can come out with that product for the same money as the current products, or there's some new battery technology that's being featured. Maybe then they'll come about. I mean, now we're looking at model simplification. As you mentioned, HTC is picking up a hint maybe from Apple if you keep your product line simple, it's good. But Apple, I guess, has minimalized their model lineups in such a way. This minimalist philosophy in their product lines. You know, when you buy an iMac, for example, you buy an iMac, it's a great computer. But they've been making iMacs since 1998. 
which iMac do you have? How do you define it? It's not like, you know, it'll be the iMac and then in parenthesis mid-2011 for the current model. It's not like you buy a car. If you have a 2011 Honda Accord, you know it's a Honda Accord, and maybe there'll be a submodel, like an LX or an EX, and that's it. With an Apple product, a lot of times it's just the simple basic name. Like with a new iPad, well, you don't know which one it is. It's a new iPad. Well, I have an iPad that's two years old. Is that the old iPad? <laughs> I'm getting confused, ladies and gentlemen, because... I have here Avram Pilch to help me be not confused on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. 2012 is finally here, and while the government racks up another $1 trillion in debt, the IRS is hard at work collecting. In fact, they're even sending agents to some people's homes in place of business. If you owe back taxes, have years of unfiled tax returns, or are receiving threatening letters or phone calls, call the tax division of the law offices of Craig Zimmerman at 800-652-6978. Our tax division is spearheaded by a former IRS agent with over 30 one year's experience. He knows the ins and outs of the IRS and how to get them off your back once and for all. The phone call is free and so is the consultation. So call now 800-652-6978. That's 800-652-6978. Don't wait for agents to knock on your door. Call 800-652-6978 or visit us on the web at www.craigzlaw.com. You'll be glad you did. Sure, there are winter specials, and then there are super winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Battle through this cold and flu season with powerful, natural, and safe flu fighters like elderberry power, oregacillin, olive leaf capsules, grapefruit seed extract, and Resper 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Don't forget vitamin D3 this winter. Right now, HerbalHealer.com has 120 soft gels, 1,000 IUs, sale priced at only $9. We also have a super 
Super Winter Special on six homeopathic liquid detoxes. Whole body detox, liver detox, kidney detox, lymph detox, brain detox, and lung detox. All liquid detoxes, regularly $26.95, are now just $20. HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on now and save big when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time. Since 1988. Hey, meat eaters. The freeze-dry guy wants to know, does your emergency food supply meet the standards for survival? Then get the 144-day meat variety unit from the freeze-dry guy. Our meat units utilize only quality mountain house freeze-dried cooked ground chicken and ground beef, the undisputed choice for great taste and highest nutrition. The Freeze-Dry Guy's 144-day meat variety unit includes six number 10 cans of the very best freeze-dried animal protein for power you'll need when the going gets tough. Every meat eater's 144-day meat variety unit comes with a free medical kit and always free shipping to the lower 48. Need more than 144 days? See our one-year-plus meat eater's units at freezedryguy.com. And hey, the freeze-dry guy still has LRP rations, but they're going fast. Don't wait until tomorrow. Call now, 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-3663. Or go to freezedryguy.com and meet the standards for survival. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We are trying not to be confusing. Too many model lines out there or Apple being too minimalist, you know. We now have the iPad again, but is it the new iPad? And what do you do about the original iPad from 2010? Is that now the old iPad? I think these problems are are largely problems for us in the journalism industry, which, of course, is a very serious problem for me. And I think it's also a problem for vendors, third-party vendors like Amazon, who are trying to sell product when people try to Google them and when they want to talk about them. But I don't think they're too much of a problem for users. They're probably just going to tell people, yeah, I have an old iPad. It, it always amazes me how nonspecific I think the average consumer is about what they own. And Very sometimes often. you don't know if in case you look. I mean, for example, if you take my 2009 iMac and you look at it, you wouldn't know immediately which iMac it is. If you went into about this Mac and you look, well, you may look at the processor speed or some other issues that are very fine-tuned and fine-grained. You might figure out what it is. If you look at the serial number, maybe you will know what it is. But I challenge you to just look at it and tell me what it is. That would take a real expert. You know, I even wonder here with the new iPad, as opposed to the iPad 2, If you look at them real close, there's not a whole lot of difference. I mean, yeah, the new iPad is a little bit thicker, a little bit heavier. It's not something that hits you in the face. Definitely not. Not the iPhone 4S versus the 4 either. They look look almost identical. You know, and, and I'm sure there are going to be people who don't know which one they have. Now, they won't get a job here. Every time someone comes comes for an interview with me, <laughs> I ask them what, what technology you own. And if someone uh, answers me and says, I have an iPhone, and I ask them which one, and they say, I don't know. Thank you for coming. Goodbye. Yeah, ex- exactly. 
Uh, I had a woman come in once and say, I have some kind of Dell Inspiron. I had another guy come in and, and actually pull the phone out of his pocket to look at it to see what he had. But unless you're going for a job at Laptop Magazine and interviewing with me, most people don't need to know exactly what they have on a daily basis, and they don't. You know, I was looking here just as we were talking. You know, Apple now has a new update for the iPhone software called 5.1. And it, it simplifies getting the camera to work from the lock screen. You have a little icon for the camera always there with the lock screen. And all you do is tap it and push it upward and there's your camera. That is a pretty major feature is being able to take pictures more quickly. Uh, for example, HTC is touting... Uh, what they call image sense on their new phones where they've actually added an image chip uh, that is apart from the Tegra 3 CPU to their phones that can shoot an image in 0.7 seconds. Why? Because the worst thing that happens with our phones right now, one of the big pain points on all phones and tablets is how long it takes to take a photo. And so by putting it on the lock screen, Apple's at least make it easier to get to the camera app. And now, now what they've done is not just put it on the lock screen, but the new 5.1 software. They make it easier to actually get the camera to work, which is basically you tap the camera icon, push it up, and there's all your controls. It's running. So if you see that UFO, wow. Yeah, exa exactly. If I catch my cat doing something before he notices and runs away, I can snap the picture on one of these phones, whereas if it's my current uh, clunker phone where I have to go into the operating system, tap, wait like five seconds for it to launch, wait like 10 seconds for it to shoot the first picture, he's probably gone to another room by the time I've done that. So the UFO has probably returned to the other galaxy by the time the camera's taken a picture on most phones. So it's actually another dimension. We have to be accurate about this. Ah, fair Fair enough. It's probably gone, you know, you've probably already been inducted, had a probe stuck in and been, been uh, returned by the time you managed to take the picture on most of these cameras. So, But in our society, some people may enjoy having that probe stuck in. That, that is true. But, but we don't want to get into that because this is a family show on a family radio network. <laughs> but that's where you go. <laughs> anyway, we're talking so far about the new iPad. We're talking, obviously, about how it relates to the previous one, the one that came before. Obviously, it's a higher mountain to climb for Apple's competitors, and we have to see what's going to happen. We also have to see just how fast Apple sells out when it goes on sale on the 16th. You know, what's going to happen? Is going to be another phenomenon? And what I'm reading now, Avram, is the fact that more and more people, you know, they want to buy the new iPad. Like 50 or 60% of iPad owners want to buy the new model sight unseen, what will they do with the old one? They just give it to another member of the family. Uh, or they can sell it because there are a number of places like Gazelle that will buy your old iPad for cash. So uh, don't give it away unless you're just a really generous person because you can definitely sell that old iPad, whether it's an iPad 1 or 2, uh, for probably get a couple hundred bucks for it. I'm thinking in terms of more of the fact that you have other members of the family who lust after your iPad. Because it's not like the personal computer, the family personal computer. The iPad is such a personal device. You have a family of four people. Each one wants an iPad. Very, very true. I, I don't, 
you know, I don't like people touching my phone. Uh, and I think most people don't want their family members to touch their mobile device. They have old family desktop computer that sits in the living room. If you still have one, if you have a giant notebook that never leaves the living room, that's always been fair game in most families, but the phone and the tablet, those are, those are very private. It's like having someone put on your underwear. So I can totally understand why you're going to start seeing, you know, a lot of families or you already see a lot of families with multiple iPads and multiple tablets. Apple almost should offer a, uh, Apple should offer some kind of a bulk discount by three or four iPads at a reduced rate or something. Although I don't think they need to, uh, but there's, it's definitely a gadget that a lot of people are going to want. And obviously the old gadgets keep getting filtered down through the family. It used to be the case that I would give my mom or give my wife all my old computers. And then the two of them got smart and now they're buying newer computers than I have. And, and now they're saying, no, you will have the old computer. That's right. So I think that you may have a hard time passing off the tattoo on someone who's seen the news, uh, but it's still a good product, and it's still going to get that iOS 5.1 update. It's still got a lot of great features. It just doesn't have the super-duper high-res screen and the faster processor. Of those two, I think the screen is going to be the most noticeable. I think most apps are going to run great, but when people see that super high-res screen and the apps that run on it, they're just going to be blown away. And and competitors like Android, uh, like the Android tablet makers are going to have to respond. And the problem is going to be, I bet, anything that Apple cornered the market on those high-resolution displays. Remember, they're offering this product at no increase in cost. I have a feeling they're probably sacrificing a little bit of profit margins around the edges to do this, but Apple has that purchasing power. They can go in there and say, you know what, we need $50 million. We want all your production for the next two years or a year, whatever it is. So now if Samsung or Research in Motion or even Amazon wants to go get a high-resolution panel, where do they go? Panel makers are going to really have to step it up in general uh, to meet demand for higher-resolution displays. Samsung is a panel maker, one of the leading ones. Uh, they could certainly be doing a better service toward themselves in the industry and come out with some more high-res displays. Of course, they have in the past shown off, uh, you know, shown off really high-res tablets as concept devices. So I think we are going to see uh, devices that are HD or higher. Uh, I mean, we've already seen announced a couple of 1920 by 1080 display. Android devices, I think they may need to step it up a little higher than that. And I personally hope that this filters down into notebooks where it's kind of embarrassing now that your iPad has a significantly higher resolution display than the typical 15-inch notebook does. And by the way, there are reports that Apple's latest operating systems offer support for higher resolution icons. So you have to wonder here, will the next MacBook Air... Or will the next MacBook Pro have a higher resolution display? I don't think so much a 27-inch iMac. It's a pretty big panel. It's got to cost quite a bit of money, and it's not going to be feasible right now, but maybe a couple of years. But, you know, if Apple can get 9.7-inch displays, maybe they could give a high-resolution display for 11 inches and 13 inches. Maybe they have that market corner, too. Maybe they own the darn factory. You have to think about that. 
We're going to keep Avram Pilch around for a little bit more on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Avram Pilch at Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. Later on, we have Adam Inks of Tidbits, and he will, of course, be talking about the Apple event. A lot of stuff going on here. Now... Getting less publicity here, Avram, is this tiny announcement they make at the beginning of the event about the Apple TV. Now, do you have one of those Apple TVs, by the way? Nope. I'm Roku all the way at this point, but I'm willing to, willing to upgrade if someone wants to send me one. Well, just call Apple. I'll tell you what. If we talk later on, I will have an older Apple TV, the 720p version, for sale. Uh-huh. Who wants 720p in 2012? It's all about... 1080p and higher right and by the way just the same point what apple did is they released a 1080p support version of itunes so that's being rolled out into all their products now where they have the chips and the capability because that's it that's blu-ray resolution it's also on some of the video on demand especially like direct tv has 1080p i think dish network might as well and that was the one thing about the apple tv that bothered me a little bit the 720p is pretty good, but for the same price, you go on DirecTV and you go ahead and you want to watch a pay-per-view, you take the 1080p version for a dollar more, that's so much obviously better. This is a very simple principle. The more pixels you have in the smaller space, in a smaller space, the sharper your picture. So the sharpest picture possible is something like a 9.7-inch iPad display, which has 2048 by 1536 pixels. Now, you're taking a resolution that's lower than that. You're talking now about 1280 by 720 resolution only, and you're putting it on a large screen TV that can be 30, 40, 50 inches. That means that each dot is a great deal larger. So you have to step up to 1080p because otherwise you start to see the dots. It's like zooming in. It's like taking a magnifying glass and putting it in front of newsprint and you can see every dot of ink. Well, that principle has to be applied at a higher level. Soon enough, 
1920 by 1080, what we know as 1080p, what some call full HD, is not going to be enough. We're going to need to step it up to 1440p. We're going to need to step it up to higher resolutions because that's what you really need to have the experience where you're not aware of all the dots, all the pixels that are being shown to you. So this is a nice iterative step for them to step up to 1080p, but this is not at all the end game. I mean, I think for the size of television that most people are buying these days, you're going to need to go much higher. And you're also going to need the proper internet connection. Let me read you something in the fine print for the Apple TV, and this gets to be another discussion. A sustained 8 megabits or faster internet connection is recommended for viewing 1080p high-definition movies and TV shows, 6 megabits or faster for viewing 720p content. I assume that the unit will scale down. It also has a 4 gigabyte buffer, so it can download part of the movie before you watch it if you give it a little bit of time. So that's, of course, one saving grace. But the argument here, and we're hearing, of course, a story about the possibility that Apple is not just going to have an Apple TV set-top box. They are going to also have a full-blown TV set. They're going to offer content online, maybe a subscription service. And then you look at the fine print of most ISPs. And forget about AT&T with three you know, gigabyte downloads. Obviously, that wouldn't make it for one movie on your TV set. But now take a look at the fact that most of the ISPs I've checked have a limit. Comcast in a lot of areas have 200 gigabytes. Cox has 400 gigabytes. And you have to think, if someone is getting all this content from Apple and Netflix and elsewhere, high-definition content for six, eight hours a day, very quickly you reach your bandwidth cap. And what is your ISP going to do? Well, if you're not getting the content from them because you're not using their TV service, they'll say, you know what? We'll throttle you. You'll be lucky to get standard definition. Or we will cut off your service till the end of the month. And if we don't like you, we can just terminate your deal. Yeah, it's a very, it's going to be a very serious problem. And the only way I see this playing out in the favor, in users' favor, and it's not really in users' favor, is that Apple and Netflix are going to have to start dealing directly with the ISPs because they can cap people and because they're going to cap people and because they have a vested interest in getting people to to subscribe to cable because most of the broadband ISPs in the United States anyway are also cable providers. So they want you to subscribe to their service. They don't want you cord cutting. Netflix and Apple TV, those are services that that cord cutters use. So they're going to try and cut you off at the knees by throttling you. So the only way this is going to work is if somehow either included in the price or you have to pay an additional fee to a Comcast or a Time Warner to get these services unlimited. And I think that's the unfortunate thing that's going to happen is because of bandwidth caps, there's going to have to be a financial solution. People are not going to stand and there's not going to be money left on the table from people who are just getting cut off. So the financial solution is going to be, oh, do you want Apple TV? Sure. Pay uh, pay the cable company another $10 a month for unlimited bandwidth on your Apple TV or build it into the Apple TV price plan. 
I think that's what's going to happen. Well, the key here, of course, is if you have net neutrality, which is what's being mandated by the FCC for standard ISPs, you can't block or throttle access because of the demands on your system. Everybody gets equal access. So in that sense, then they're going to have to go to the customer and say, hey, folks, you want to have all that extra bandwidth? No problem. Send us a check. I wonder if in the fine print of net neutrality, it obviously says that you can't favor one network over another, but it doesn't, I don't believe it, it stops you from initiating bandwidth caps. So It doesn't. That's the point. The point is here, it's not that Apple can go to Comcast or Cox or Time Warner and say, here's a billion dollars, give us better access. It is going to the customer and saying, we'll have a special high-definition video streaming package for you with higher bandwidth. This is the hype, you know? You want to get all that stuff and you want to download it? Great, wonderful. Here's what you do. You know what you do? You go ahead and you pay a higher price. We'll have a special high-bandwidth version. So is 400 not enough? We'll give you 800 for another $30 a month, whatever it costs. But then they're going to have to build out their systems because you wonder if all these people are taking all the streaming content from Apple and Netflix – when will the pipes be clogged? You don't see that problem with ISPs now. You see it with maybe with your wireless carriers. But don't you think it's going to happen? Well, it could. But then one of the things that's always interested me is your cable right now, most cable is digital. So the cable signal itself is traveling, is traveling over a line and using bandwidth. And they're more than happy to give you as much bandwidth as you need to consume their cable channels 24 hours a day. So clearly, there's some room in the pipe there for them to give you that signal. I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be a blurring of the line between cable television service and some of these other services like Apple TV. So perhaps you'll be able to get Apple TV using your cable box. You'll be able to control Hulu and Netflix using your cable box. Now, that's not the best technology because I don't know about your cable box, but mine is the most crashaholic device in my house constantly going down. But I think that's something that could very well happen is that to sort of blur the line there and to, to not make it a computer uh, service, not a service that you directly get over the Internet, the cable companies will try and take control and co-opt those services into their cable offering. And you have to think here, you know, where there is greed, it is good. That's what we were told by Michael Douglas so many years ago. And it has to apply to the, <laughs> to the cable companies. We have to see. So there you go. While we're talking, of course, I'm upgrading my iTunes to support the new 1080p. So we'll have to see how that works. And listeners, when we get a brand new Apple TV in here, as we will in a couple of weeks, we will report to you whether the pictures are really better whether it's worth the effort and worth the money for you. Avram Pilchett, Laptop Magazine, joining us for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, Jason Lewis here. Anybody who's been listening to my program knows how shaky the U.S. economy is right now. Will we have a V-shaped recovery or will it be a W-shaped one where the nation slips back into recession? Of course, if you think that Washington can spend or inflate its way out of a downturn, you've got nothing to worry about. But as you know, I have my doubts. So let me tell you about gold. Now, as my friend Ted Anderson from Midas Resources likes to say, gold, like all commodity markets, fluctuates in price and you could lose money, but it has never been worth zero. Give it some thought. And if you're interested in converting your IRA to gold or would like to actually have it in your possession, call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237. The U.S. dollar was once backed by gold, but has since lost 90% of its value. And if things don't change, I'm afraid the trend will continue. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237 for gold and tell them Jason Lewis sent you. What is the most abundant resource on Earth? Water. It's essential for sustaining life, but it's not always the most available. When disaster strikes, water quickly vanishes from store shelves, like it did during 9-11, Katrina, Japan, and in Joplin. Three days without water and your body begins to shut down. Don't risk being without an abundant supply of water when the next disaster hits. Get a FlowJack hand well pump. The affordable FlowJack drops right into almost any well and is easy to install without having to remove the existing pump, giving you immediate access to plenty of cool, clean water. You could risk your family's health on a limited supply of stored water or you could be prepared with the reliable affordable flowjack backup hand pump kit delivered to your door for only $3.99 complete see how it works at flowjack.com spelled f-l-o-j-a-k.com be sure to spell f-l-o-j-a-k.com or call 855-4-flowjack that's 855-435-6525 proudly made in america flowjack hand well pumps peace of mind in a box Sure, there are winter specials, and then there are super winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Battle through this cold and flu season with powerful, natural, and safe flu fighters like elderberry power, oregacillin, olive leaf capsules, grapefruit seed extract, and Resper 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Don't forget vitamin D3 this winter. Right now, HerbalHealer.com has 120 soft gels, 1,000 IUs, sale priced at only $9. We also have a super 
Super Winter Special on six homeopathic liquid detoxes. Whole body detox, liver detox, kidney detox, lymph detox, brain detox, and lung detox. All liquid detoxes, regularly $26.95, are now just $20. HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on now and save big when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time. Since 1988. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. With Avram Pilchup Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. One more segment to explore all the goodies. We started with Apple's media event with the new iPad, talking about Apple TV. And that's the larger question here. Avram, do you think Apple should produce a full-blown TV set? Can't they just give you all the features in the Apple TV as far as a set-top box is concerned? I don't see how this is a great benefit to them. I think... It does fill out a product portfolio for them where they can put their name on something that has a great deal of quality. Now, if Apple were like Microsoft or like Google, what they would do is they would have Apple TV built into other people's TVs. So you'd buy a Samsung smart TV and it would come with Apple TV. Maybe not Samsung because of the relationship, but you get my point. Other companies would be able to license the technology and effectively build that into their smart TVs. Apple being Apple, liking to control its ecosystem, I can see that they might go out and try to find a really, really nice panel with a really, really nice design and sell that at a premium price as the Apple TV. What they won't do because they're Apple is try and beat everybody else on features and size. So the Apple TV probably won't be the biggest TV on the market. Maybe it'll be a couple of middling sizes, like, for example, 40 inches, 50, maybe that's it, maybe a 55. Yeah, it's not going to be the behemoth TV on the market. It's not going to be the one with the best sound system. It would probably have a very colorful high-res panel because Apple is known for using good panels. Look at what they're doing with the iPad uh, with a new iPad now. So in that respect, it's to their advantage to do this. I think they would do well, but I, but it's an interesting market for them because this is a very price-conscious market. I don't know if TV buyers come with the same mindset as mobile device buyers about trying to get something that's kind of exclusive and premium. Uh, I mean, they're certainly not going to compete with Best Buy's house brand or the things that are at Walmart for really cheap. They're going to have to try and take the high end in this market. And I don't know if that's going to be a success for them. I think if they have very limited goals that come out with maybe one size, they have a chance to build a niche. But Apple's goal, and this is why they're successful, is that Apple doesn't feel like they have to serve everybody. So they don't have a $500 notebook and they don't have a $200 tablet. And they're okay with letting other people, other companies, fill those niches. So if they establish a really clear niche and they're not going out and trying to 
compete on the shelves of Best Buy with all the other 40-inch TVs. I think that they have a shot to to make some money at this. But I don't think that it's going to be the phenomenon, the cultural phenomenon that iPad is. I don't think you're going to see people, too many people, lining up outside the Apple store to get the TV. Well, rather big for an Apple store. They probably have to ship it unless they expand the size of the warehouses behind the stores. I just kind of find myself skeptical about the whole thing. I think part of it is... No matter what Apple does, unless they can come up with a much better panel technology, they can come up with maybe greater quality built-in speakers. That would be a possibility. But Bose tries that. Of course, Bose has really terrific quality in terms of their sound, but they're charging $5,000 for the set. Apple doesn't want to get into that premium market because I cannot imagine that Bose is selling too many video visions. Yeah, I would expect that the Apple TV would be between $800 and $1,000. That would be my guesstimate pricing for it. And whatever it is, it's going to be slightly more than other TVs of that size, but it's going to offer the built-in technology. Uh, It will probably have Siri. One of the actually really shocking things about the new iPad release is that it doesn't have Siri. I see a reason for that, but it's kind of confusing. I think part of it is the noise cancellation microphone that you have on the iPhone. And part of it is that. And maybe they don't think it's suitable for that kind of product. They think it's fine for a phone because you need hands-free on a phone. You don't really need hands-free so much on an iPad because it's not in the same situation in terms of the way it's being used. I think that it it has to be seen as a cost-cutting measure, maybe because of the microphone, like you said, because Siri seems to be part of the premium package that they're trying to push. And it's not just about hands-free. After all, they did actually add dictation to the new iPad. So they obviously like the idea of speech recognition and people being able to enter content, enter data without typing. But the Siri assistant uh, factor that it, it seems like a person to the people who use it obviously is part of what Apple's trying to offer. And I would be surprised if they didn't offer it on a TV and if it wasn't coming on a future iPad. Well, you know what? We're going to have to see how that works out and whether that's going to be in the new, new iPad as opposed to the new present iPad not being new because this is new. Do I make sense? Next year, will this one be the old new iPad? Will it be the reasonably new, formerly new, but now old or middle-aged iPad that you will buy from us, maybe? The iPad formerly known as new? Okay. Well, you know, I'm afraid to say, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've all lost it here. Fast question here. We have a couple of minutes left. What do you think was the single best product at the Mobile World Conference in Spain? Well, obviously, the uh, the show was very much focused on quad-core. So the HTC One X, despite its battery issue, was definitely a big deal at the show, as was uh, the LG Optimus 4X HD, which was another quad-core phone. I think that those phones are going to up the ante in terms of phone gaming past what the iPhone can do. Uh, it was not a good tablet show, uh, and of course it was dovetailed with the announcement about Windows 8, which everybody is kind of waiting to see how those tablets stack up with the iPad. But I think the overall message of this year's show is faster processors. So obviously Tegra 3 made it into phones. TI announced OMAT 5, which is their really fast dual-core processor, and Intel 
uh, increase the speeds on its Medfield mobile processor. So everyone is coming is going after the speed crown, uh, especially in the Android space. And we'll have to see what kind of apps that leads to. But right now, what it seems to lead to is a lot of really high-end games. Well, that's going to certainly put the gaming console makers on notice, you know. Tell our listeners, Avram Pilch, where they find more of your stuff. So you can check out my weekly GeeksGeek.com at laptopmag.com slash GeeksGeek. You can follow me on Twitter at GeekInChief, and you can check out all of our news at laptopmag.com. GeekInChief, what a title for a person. means he's the head geek. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to sell my old... Apple TV when I get the new one, but in a couple of weeks we'll report on that, and also we'll give you a report on what we think about the new iPad as opposed to the old iPad or the middle-aged iPad or the youngest iPad on the planet. In fact, we'll have to try to figure out what all those names mean and just how customers are going to, shall we say, react to this name or non-naming convention. Avram Pilch, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Remoter is your ultimate screen sharing app for your Mac. With Remoter, you can share the screen of a Mac or any VNC-enabled machine, even Windows and Linux. You can do all this and more with Remoter, the easy way to share screens on your computer. Remoter is just $10.99, but wait. Go to store.remoterlabs.com. That's store.remoterlabs.com. Use the coupon code TNO to get 20% off. That's TNO to get 20% off. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Folks, Iran and the Mideast nuclear mess is already ballooning our gas prices. Whether you're struggling with food costs, which are being blown up by gas costs now, or know that when the Mideast showdown explodes, whatever food supply you have is all you'll get because of huge panic demand. eFoods Direct Family Packs are the answer. Now the most affordable best food is saving you up to 50% compared to other poor quality food companies. The new Alex Jones Quick Fix Family Pack save you so much money the savings from eating this food will actually help you pay your other bills. No matter what effect the Mideast crisis or the crashing economy have, you'll have food as delicious tonight as 25 years from now. Order now for 50% savings and free shipping on these affordable family packs. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Have you ever seen a U.S. postage stamp featuring Abraham Lincoln, Ben Franklin, or George Washington? If you're into stamp collecting, you know it's a fun, affordable hobby. 
America's leading stamp dealer is the Mystic Stamp Company, and they want you to have their free 140-page color catalog. Go to mysticstampad.com, the website of the Mystic Stamp Company, serving stamp collectors since 1923. Mystic Stamp is well-known in the industry for its experience, superior customer service, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Go to mysticstampad.com to request your free 140-page U.S. stamp color catalog, packed with collecting tips, special offers, color photos, and over 4,600 available stamps. Call 800-433-7811 or go to mysticstampad.com. That's 800-433-7811 and ask for your free U.S. stamp catalog or mysticstampad.com. Mystic Stamp Company, America's leading stamp dealer. IRS, the three most dreaded letters of the alphabet. If you owe back taxes, have unfiled tax returns, are receiving threatening letters, or have IRS agents coming to your home or place of business, you need an experienced IRS agent fighting on your side. Call the Tax Relief Division of the Law Offices of Craig Zimmerman at 800-342-8068. Spearheaded by a former IRS agent, we know how to negotiate a reduction in the tax you owe, stop wage garnishments, lift bank levies, and negotiate an affordable repayment plan. With 17 years as a practicing attorney and an A-plus better business rating, we'll get the IRS off your back once and for all. In fact, recently, when an IRS employee had a tax problem, she called us. Stop being afraid and call right now for your free consultation at 800-342-8068. The phone call is free and there's no obligation, so call 800-342-8068. Again, that's 800-342-8068. Actual results based on individual client circumstances. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So, Adam Inks of Tidbits, before the new iPad came out, Apple was expected to call it either the iPad HD because of the Retina display or the iPad 3. So technically, they call it the new iPad in the ads or on their promotion, or they call it iPad, or they call it, what, third-generation iPad? A couple of places they will say third-generation iPad, and that's the closest they come to a real description of it that could be potentially in any way dis- differentiated from the original iPad, which, of course, wasn't the original iPad when they announced it. It was the new iPad. And they were so reasonable with the iPad 2. You had the original iPad, you had the iPad 2, just like you had the iPhone, the iPhone 3G, the iPhone 3GS, iPhone 4, iPhone 4S. So what the heck are they doing okay so consider for example the way apple does it with the imac now you have an imac do you have what imac do you have the 1998 bondi blue imac do you have the blueberry imac do you have you have the the, flat panel imac do you have the late 2009 is apple going to do this with the ipad probably I disapprove highly. (laughs) I mean, the the simple fact of the matter is that I understand the concept of their wanting to be one product. 
and that that product can evolve. Okay, that makes sense from, from a certain level of marketing standpoint. You know, and I, and I do think actually, for instance, Amazon has not done that well with the Kindle. That there's a whole bunch of Kindle models and they all have different names and it's a little hard to f- kind of keep track of which is which and they're really very different. A little um, hard? <laughs> you know, other than the Kindle Fire, I have no idea what any Kindle model really signifies. Precisely. I mean, what's the difference between a Kindle 2 and a Kindle DX and a Kindle Touch? No tell. No telling. But that said, you know, with the iPhone, Apple did it so sensibly, you know, that there was a short differentiator, one or two letters or characters, um, you know, afterwards that made it clear which one you were talking about. And again, I got one here now, the Dell Inspiron 15N5040 or the Inspiron (laughs) 15R. Oh, come on. you got to get the R. The R is so much better than the N. Gee, I thought it stood for rotten. <laughs> we'll never get no. ads from Dell here. But then the way I've kind of pissed off advertisers, we'll never get ads from anybody. We're lucky. <laughs> it's a fascinating situation because, you know, clearly Apple has done this with the Mac. Uh, you know, we have very, very few Mac names that then get reused over and over again. And this has presented no end of confusion. You know, in fact, I just got uh, just got email from someone saying, how do I know when to install a firmware update? I said, the only way is to run software update because, you know, we can say it's for the MacBook Pro. We can even say it's for the MacBook Pro 15-inch. But that still leaves, you know, what, like six possible models that you might have? You know what it is? You have difficult. to think about the way it was in the past. In the 1990s, you had all these Performa models. Yeah. And you had so many that even the people from Apple couldn't figure out which was which. And quite often you did what some of these consumer electronics companies still do, which is to have a specific model strictly for a specific dealer. I ran into this with Brother. Yeah. Brother has some really nice, affordable printers. I like Brother products, really. Right now, we're testing one of their laser multifunctions. Okay, fine. So I noticed two different model designations for their best standard-sized multifunction printer, Inkjet. And I noticed the specs were the same. And I wrote back, which is the new one? What's the difference? And she says, the PR lady, oh, that model is strictly for Best Buy. Is there any difference? No. Yeah. Yep, Apple did this way back when with the Performas. You know, there were right. models that were only for Sears and that kind of thing. Right. Well, so, now, of course, what's happening is we now have the new iPad. So I have to think here. Instead of saying, Barbara, that's my wife, where's my iPad? I have to say, Barbara, where's the new iPad? And she says, Gene, the new iPad is in the living room. That's where I put the new iPad. Oh, that's where the new iPad is. It's going to get crazy. <laughs> well... And as I said, it's what I'm surprised by is they they went back on it. That you know that they start you know they 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 did this with the Macs. Then they then they um, they actually did the same thing with the iPods. You know that we had the Nano and the Shuffle and the Classic and and you know they would change from time to time, even fairly significantly in some cases. But they would keep the you know sort of the names the same. But then as soon as they went to the iPhone, they didn't. And then the iPad 2, again, was, you know, was nicely done. And so that's what confuses me more than anything else, is sort of why they believe that they need to go backwards again. Because this. they became predictable. But they're still predictable. Next time it's just going to be called the iPad. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know the next one will be the iPad well, see, 4 see, or no, no, something? Or the iPad finagle? 
I think we need to call this the iPad 3 across the board. If everyone calls it the iPad 3, then Apple will have to go along. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here's the way it goes. From now on, the new iPad, the one that came out in 2012, the third generation model, is henceforth the iPad 3. But you and I have to shake hands on this virtually, Adam, which is oh, yeah. we will both refer to it as the iPad 3. You will on tidbits. Make sure your editors and your writers do the same thing. We will officially call it the iPad 3. And now I guess we have to ring up Jason Snell at Macworld and say, hey, man, mm-hmm. do you want to do this? He'll say you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Macworld has done some things. I mean, they used the term OS X for years um, while Apple always used Mac OS X. So they're not adverse to the concept of, of breaking with, uh, with this. And, and as in, to be fair, the problem is, is that what Apple doesn't see is they don't see that there are, there are people who actually care about the history of things, that it matters when you have one and you want another one, which one you have and how it compares and things like that. Apple only looks from the, like, the, the current point in time forward. And if you do that, it's not a problem to, to, to kind of deal with this, you know, to do this kind of naming game where you never actually change the name. It's only when history comes in. And other parts of the company have to do it. So certainly on you know, Apple support sites, they have whole articles helping you figure out which iMac is which. Because you need those things when you need to buy memory or, uh, you know, you know, replace a hard drive or, you know, even get help on Apple's site. And so, so it's, you know, it's this, it's even a split, I think, within Apple. Well, we um, know that Steve Jobs' DNA is still within Apple because it has to be something that Steve Jobs would only have envisioned. But then you wonder, why doesn't Apple adopt what the car makers do? The 2012 Honda Accord, the 2013 Ford Fusion. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they they've done that a little bit with um, with software, um, you know, where you see like you know iWork oh nine and uh, you know it's two thousand twelve and we still have iWork oh nine. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. But on the other hand, with the hardware, they're doing they do a pretty good job of uh, you know of getting it out you know in a, you know in a year. So who knows? I mean, there's lots of ways of doing it, but I think particularly flip-flopping back and forth, is is the worst possible one. No, it's not because we're talking about it on the air. We're going <laughs> we'll to be about writing about anyway. it. We're going to be worrying about it. We're going to be concerned about it. We're going to decide which nomenclature we should use, whether Apple calls it Mac OS X, OS X, or whatever. We have to worry about all those designations, and we have to think. You know, what would Apple want us to do? What would Steve have done? That's the other thing now. It's not just what Apple is doing now. It is, if Steve was still here, what would he have done? Hmm. Why didn't Apple, for example, mention Steve Jobs during the event? Because Apple is not backwards looking. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I guess I'm not too perturbed about what Steve would have done. I mean, I don't. Yeah, just don't really care. I mean, there's a certain level of who knows whether or not, you know, he liked it better one way or the other. There's inconsistencies at both on both sides while he was still in charge. So I don't think you can say, oh, Steve preferred it this way, obviously. Obviously, we have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Do you know which 37 crucial food items are going to fly off the shelves when the next disaster hits? If you don't, you and your family may be without food and waiting in long food lines after a big disaster strikes. You would be surprised how many people don't have these food items right now. 123survivalplan.com has set up a For Patriots Only video with inside information on the 37 food items that will sell out first when the next disaster strikes. The video on 123survivalplan.com has crucial information you and your family need to prepare for any disaster, natural or man-made. And you won't have to be afraid of going hungry or being sent to a FEMA refugee camp. See the video that over one million other smart patriots have already seen in the last four months. Prepared now. Go to 123survivalplan.com and learn which 37 food items you should hoard. Easy to remember. 123survivalplan.com. Again, that's 123survivalplan.com. Did you know that gold and silver contain healing properties? It's true. Since the beginning of mankind's history, gold and silver have not only been used as real money, but also for healing our minds and bodies. UtopiaSilver.com is your leading source for colloidal silver and colloidal gold, offering supplement protocols that can heal and enhance your health. Protocols for boosting the immune system, insomnia, yeast infections, herpes, and countering the effects of vaccinations and radiation poisoning. And now Utopia. UtopiaSilver.com encourages the use of real money with this buy one, get one free real money special. For details on your colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements, call 888-213-4338 and ask about 50% off for first-time customers. That's 888-213-4338 or visit UtopiaSilver.com, UtopiaSilver.com, fighting for liberty and healing one American at a time. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with Fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your Fake TV for only $34.95, go to FakeTV.com. 
or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95, so get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. FakeTV.com, the burglar deterrent. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have added links of tidbits. What's in a name? And we're worrying about the naming nomenclature that Apple employs. But you know what? I think we've gone past that. The question I have is whether Apple's announcements are destined to become too predictable because almost everything other than the name that we expected of the third generation iPad or the iPad 3, which is what we're going to call it from here on until the end of time, everything about it appeared to have been predicted in advance. We knew it would have the retina display. We knew it would probably be because it needs a thicker battery or a more powerful battery, slightly thicker. It would be maybe a tad heavier. We knew it would probably have LTE. Everything, I guess, was predicted. A few things weren't. A few things were expected of the iPad 3 that didn't happen, like a haptic keyboard, which is kind of like a virtual keyboard that has feel to it. I guess the question is, does it matter? I mean, I mean, you can look at these things. I mean, I, I, I ignore rumor sites because I think the entire per, the entire kind of concept is is just pointless. That what will become true will 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 happen at some point, and there's nothing you can do about it if it doesn't. So you know, if you say, oh, you know, I you know, I've got to have a haptic keyboard before I buy the iPad. Well, you can hold off on buying the current one that doesn't have a haptic keyboard. And yes, guess what? You're going to still have to hold off because it still doesn't have one. So the fact that that rumor came out offers no guidance to any into your life in any way, shape, or form. Well, it's and, fun to think what it might have. Oh, no, but it's, it's fun to think, but it's fantasy. And and if you go beyond thinking it's anything but fantasy, you're 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 deceiving yourself. I mean, the fact is, the things that did turn out to be you know in the original you know in the iPad three when it when it was announced were things that made perfect technical sense based on what was known about the technology available, the technology that Apple had used already in the iPhone 4S, and so on. And so you can speculate about that stuff, but you really have to keep in mind that it's not real. And sort of, what, what's ex, you know, is it somehow a problem that Apple doesn't do something unexpected? I, you know, if, if anyone is looking, well, I shouldn't say anyone, with so many people looking so hard at what's possible in these devices, you know, it's amazing Apple can come up with anything unexpected at all. They're trying, to, they're trying to outguess the world, for goodness sake. But you have to also look at the end result. The end result being, okay, we know that Apple has come out with the iPad 3 configured in this particular way. We know looking at the technology, that was probably the direction they go into, most likely because if you look at the technology 
Well, they were already introducing higher resolution displays. Apple had already done it. There are LTE chips. We know that because Apple is designing their own chips and because of the fact that a retina display with four times as many pixels will require more powerful graphics processors and maybe more RAM, that Apple is going to make a more powerful processor. And also because you want this year's model to be faster than last year's, you're going to have to make certain changes. But the incremental, and I think very much to a price point. So, for example, Apple provides a better camera, 5 megapixels. Why not 8 megapixels like the iPhone 4S? Well, maybe the difference in cost may be a dollar or two in production. I don't know. I don't have that information in front of me. But Apple looks at this and says, you know what? The difference in quality is not that much. People aren't going to use this to create snapshots. So we're not going to do it. What about the front-facing camera, which is VGA, not high definition, not 720p? Again, Apple may say, you know what? To have done that would add another dollar production cost. And we're already paying so much extra for a retina display and the bigger battery. We have to balance it. It's a balancing act. Yeah, I mean, I said it's perfectly legitimate to examine the choices that were actually made and see, you know, and and determine kind of or think about why they were made and and what they mean for actual users. I just I just don't have a ton of patience for the nonstop speculation and rumor about these things beforehand because there really isn't a. a a way that you can change your behavior in a significant fashion based on that information. And so it's like thinking about what's going to happen in the next football game. You can speculate all you want, but the game's still going to happen and it's going to play out the way it's going to play out regardless of anything that was said. The two are actually unrelated. The speculation about what the, was going to be in the iPad bears no connection to what actually did happen. It, you know, it may have been similar, but that's coincidence. No reaction. Sure. As a matter of fact, I guess if you look at the iPad 3, the things about that make the most difference, well, the retina display, obviously. And I see this because I'm very myopic. And at night, I'll pick up my iPhone and bring it up to my face, and I'll see everything's very clear. I take the iPad 2, because we have to differentiate here, and I see the text is fuzzy, so now we will have sharper text. That looks good. We'll have faster graphics performance. That, in the real world, makes a difference, and I guess for the four people who use it as a camera, well, that will make a difference. So looking at the difference, those are the most significant things. LTE, I don't know how many people out there are going to be downloading huge files via a wireless carrier. Yeah. I don't think that's going to make a heck of a lot of difference. It feels to me as though the LTE is really, um, I don't want to quite say future-proofing, but it feels Apple will often adopt technology relatively early, you know, before it's quite clear how it's going to be helpful, um, such that when it does become ubiquitous, more of that, more of the the Apple line is ready for that. And so, I mean, 
you could just, I mean, you've seen that we've seen this over the years, you know, things like USB and Firewire and I mean, Thunderbolt actually is, is almost a little bit of a counterexample in the Apple adopted it early and boy, not much has happened. But, but the, now the PC makers are adopting it too, and I think something will happen as a result. Well, and so, but yeah, so again, my point is, is that Apple is, you know, what's the with the Wayne Gretzky uh, quote? You know, you don't want to skate skate where the puck is; you want to skate where the puck is going to be. And you know, Apple certainly isn't the first to adopt these things ever, um, but they are usually the first, you know, widespread adoption. And so, by putting 4G into the iPad, um, you know, I think that's saying, okay, to the carriers, okay, now this is going to start being, you know, people are really going to start wanting this. And, you know, it seems, you know, again, pretty likely that the next iPhone will have 4G as well. And, you know, as those millions upon millions sell, that will increase the pressure on the carriers to make 4G more and more widespread. Did you notice they introduced a 5.1 update for the iOS? Yes. And with AT&T, particularly, the way the network is labeled has changed. You know, so I now the, in some parts of the country stuff. right here in Phoenix, I look at what used to say 3G, and now it says 4G. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah I saw that. There's a notes. That, I didn't but, quite know what they meant. <laughs> well, you know, look. Right now, they have this kind of intermediate speed level without getting into the technology that's faster than normal 3G, not quite as fast as 4G or LTE, but they call it 4G. Obviously, AT&T wants to brand it as 4G. We already have that with. T-Mobile, which is saying it has 4G service, but what we regard as 4G is still questionable. Interesting. Yeah, the, once you get into this, you know, 3G, 4G stuff, um, you know, there are specific technical standards, and and they and they differ, you know, between the different carriers, and that's and that's one of the issues is that um, it's a little too bad actually that the if you want an iPad, you have to choose bet- an iPad 3. You have to choose between Verizon and AT&T in the U.S. because they have different 4G standards. And, boy, it would be nice if we would all get settled on one so that we could stop, stop having these you know, carrier-specific models of things. Oh, boy. Just all this confusion. And at least, though, I guess they're going to standardize on LTE. It looks like that. They're not going to call it 4G. They will officially say... This is LTE. That's what it appears that Verizon's doing, and I kind of think that's how it's going to be standardized and differentiated, such as it is, from yeah. 3G. Uh, yeah. Then it'll be 5G, and then it'll be more confusing. We have Adam Inks, who's never confused, from Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. <laughs> You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700.
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have adding inks to tidbits and take control books. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We've officially designated the new iPad as the iPad 3. Now, I have a feeling that when the show ends, Adam will ignore me, but it's fun <laughs> to at least do it right now because we're trying to be specific about it. All in all, though, we now have a few critics saying it's a modest update. And I think, okay, you've got a super sharp screen. You have faster performance. That's modest. Oh, they want it to look different. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, people want everything to look different. But I think that that would actually be a huge mistake, that Apple builds up a massive ecosystem surrounding the industrial design and form factor of these devices. You know, millions upon millions of them sell vast numbers of cases and stands and connections to cars and all this kind of stuff, you know, between the iPhone and the iPad. And that actually brings with it almost a responsibility not to change things willy-nilly because you're forcing consumers and the companies who serve them to be jumping all over the place. So right now, most of the cases, almost all of them that were designed for the iPad 2 work on the iPad 3. Yeah, it's only 0.6 millimeters thicker. So 0.6 millimeters is really, really small. You know, the I think it was the LA Times led with a you know a headline of you know iPad three thicker and heavier. I was like, oh come on, 0.6 millimeters and and fifty some grams. We're not talking a big deal here. And yeah, there are going to be a few form fitting cases that are not going to work. But you know, really for the most part, I think everything will. And and most and I think people are going to appreciate that because they don't have to go out and buy all new stuff. Well, that's the but, argument that was also made for the iPhone 4 and 4S, the fact is that I guess in large part cases still work. So your previous accessories still function with a new model. And as far as the public is concerned, do you really clamor for a different design? I mean, if the iPad 3 was more different, how different can you make it? I mean, what's happened now is that all the companies building tablets, they kind of end up looking like an iPad. Because that's the logical shape to use. Now let's let's go back and, and, and look at this modest claim. And I don't actually want to. I don't really care. I mean, the, almost the word modest is meaningless. But 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 I think what people are getting at is they want to criticize the update. Oh, it wasn't that big of an update, is what they're saying. But let's be real here. It's an iPad. So let's assume that it does everything that the iPad 2 does and does it better. Bigger screens, got the voice dictation, it's got the you know the LTE, all those things, um, you know, better camera. So it is better than the iPad 2. I think I don't think anyone would disagree with that. You know, the only possible downsides are the 0.6 millimeters thicker and the and the 50 grams heavier. So 
Apple has now dropped the price of the iPad 2 by $100. So now you have a very easy decision. You can decide, do you believe that the improvements in the iPad 3 are worth $100? Because that's really what it comes down to. Those improvements plus the slight, again, the slight future-proofing of it's one year newer, so it will have one year, presumably one year or some amount more time of life going forward when it's compatible with more stuff. I think that's really kind of interesting on Apple's part in some ways because it, it creates a situation where they've actually priced those improvements very explicitly. So in theory, then, the iPad has had a $100 price reduction, as exemplified by the iPad 2 at $399. Therefore, if you would prefer the Retina display, the LTE, and somewhat faster performance, okay, you pay $100 more. You can look at it in either direction, but that's that difference has been very clearly priced. And so the people who say that, oh, it's not a big update, well, that's a question. What would you pay for that update? Because that's really what it comes down to. And if we, you know, if you want to say, let's let let's imagine, you know, imagine a, 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 a you know a fantasy iPad that had the haptic keyboard and it levitated. Okay, Apple that's on it. our other show, ladies and gentlemen. We have a paranormal <laughs> radio show called the Powercast, where we talk about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And now. We're going to have Adam Inks levitate before you with his iPad 7. <laughs> so, you know, Apple releases this iPad 7 with, you know, haptic keyboard and, uh, you, know, a, uh, you know, a direct neural interface. And what's the price? Because that's what it comes down to. That is, if it's a huge upgrade that does all of these things and it's the same price or, you know, it's, you know, at a $100 you know, uh, increase over the previous model, that's how much that is really worth. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating, you know, Apple gives us this fascinating way to look at it because, you know, you can decide at, all, at any time whether or not that, that difference is made up by those features. And so, you know, maybe the features weren't sufficient, but you can then go back and, and look at see it at that price difference. Same thing with the iPhone. You, you can buy the iPhone 4S and even the 3GS still, I believe. You and can buy the prices, iPhone 4 for $99. Right. And the and iPhone the 3GS, 3GS is free, but only from AT&T. With a two-year contract. That's right. So, but so, so nonetheless, you know, Apple has in essence you know, said that the iPhone 4S, you know, its changes have this value. And you get to decide whether or not, you know, where you agree with, whether or not you agree with that. So what I think is that, you know, what would be really nice if Apple would give us the data is if we could see going forward from yesterday, how do sales of the iPad 2 compare to the iPad 3? Because I'm willing to bet that the iPad 3 sells vastly more copies. Vastly more units. But I'm willing to bet that people who were on the fence hadn't bought an iPad all and they want to watch their budget. And maybe they considered a Kindle Fire will say, you know what, it's a couple hundred dollars more. Or maybe I get a refurb for $349. The refurb is $50 less. So for $349, I get a refurbished iPad 2. Or for $200, I get a Kindle Fire. Ah, that's an interesting choice. 
Well, and that's it. That's the, that's the question, is how do those two units, the iPad 2 and the iPad 3, compare going forward? Because that is the true mark of how significant the upgrade was. I'm willing to bet is that when we look at the sales in a couple of weeks, we're going to see they sold like 4 million of the iPad 3s in the first week or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I'm going to be fascinated to see. I mean, actually, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the press release is up already. Um, the Apple Store online was worse than I have seen it in a long time. It was a nightmare. I just wanted to get myself a new Apple TV and for ninety nine dollars. That was difficult to do in the first couple of hours. And you have to figure. Apple, one, they're not stupid. Two, they fully expected this to happen. And they've been doing this a long time. They know how to scale. The problem is if demand exceeds whatever they could scale to, that's it. I suspect today, or as we progress through the week, when you hear the show, ladies and gentlemen, you probably can get your order in. No guarantees you'll get your iPad 3 delivered by the 16th of March, but you can get your orders in. I guess my point is is that Apple more so than just about anyone other than, you know, Google, Facebook, um, you know, Amazon, um, has um, experience scaling to very, very high levels of, of demand. Sure. And yet, even they were not able to keep up. That's astonishing. That's right. And it shows the incredible but, demand and expectation right. Right. And it's a crazy article, by the way, I just noticed at Huffington Post, why the iPad is like Madonna. Because <laughs> uh, it's a material girl? Uh, I don't know. We have see. Adam Inkst. We don't know who he is like except Adam Inkst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash T-N-O. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. 
Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Powerful forces are trying to destroy your health. It's a fact that we're surrounded by a sea of environmental toxins, from mercury and vaccines and dental fillings, to aluminum and chemtrails, to pesticides and toxic chemicals sprayed all over our food. Even nuclear radiation, which is still spewing out of Fukushima, has contaminated the water and food supply in the U.S. But there is a solution. Liquid Zeolite is an extraordinary natural formula, which safely and effectively removes all kinds of toxins from the body, including capturing heavy metals, pesticides, viruses, and radioactive particles. Use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com for fatigue, headaches, digestion, memory loss, influenza, and joint pain. Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee and is available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800-880-9976. That's 800-880-9976. 100% safe, 100% amazing. Try Liquid Zeolite today. Do you know which 37 crucial food items are going to fly off the shelves when the next disaster hits? If you don't, you and your family may be without food and waiting in long food lines after a big disaster strikes. You would be surprised how many people don't have these food items right now. 123survivalplan.com has set up a For Patriots Only video with inside information on the 37 food items that will sell out first when the next disaster strikes. The video on 123survivalplan.com has crucial information you and your family need to prepare for any disaster, natural or man-made. And you won't have to be afraid of going hungry or being sent to a FEMA refugee camp. See the video that over one million other smart patriots have already seen in the last four months. Prepared now. Go to 123survivalplan.com and learn which 37 food items you should hoard. Easy to remember. 123survivalplan.com Again, that's 123survivalplan.com Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. For one more segment, Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books, speculating about not just the iPad in terms of technology, because we all know about that, you know? I mean, really, you can talk about specs until you actually take the product and look at it, it doesn't make a difference. Retina display, what does that mean? Take a look at it and see. Get a sense of it from the iPhone 4, okay? We're talking a lot about the culture and the technology. And here's just to show you how some of the crazy people in the media are commenting. Let's be honest. The name the new iPad is already a $10 billion mistake. A black eye in the Tim Cook era. What? <laughs> 
Yeah, you wonder what they're smoking. We can disagree with the name all we want, but the fact of the matter is it's not causing them to not sell any of them. <laughs> I'm not going to buy a new iPad or an iPad 3 because I would have preferred to have called it an iPad HD. Well, you know what you can do? Go to the engraving shop and change the labeling on the back. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, how many people call their iPod Touches iTouches or their MacBook Airs Airbooks? People will call it whatever the heck people want to call it. Unfortunately, it has to be family-friendly. Understand the kind of radio show we're on. (laughs) It's an Apple product. One hopes that it would be family-friendly. That's what they call their Android phones. Oh, by the way, there's another person saying because of the confusion in names of Android tablets, they now have a site called the Android Phone Name Generator. (laughs) <laughs> and you can now generate now here's one name of the lg desire incredible xt 4g plus g2 generate the acer aria vivid g1 pro by the way these are real <laughs> names by the way the lg aria plus pro 5 the acer vigor slide prime xt g1 this is a site that does nothing more than generate real names the htc liquid plus okay that's easy <laughs> the Acer and, Sensation and the Incredible 2 G2 XT. I want seven the of them. Incredibles, I want the Incredible Sensations, that's for sure. <laughs> Not the Sensation Incredible, I want Incredible Sensation. Yeah, I mean, and this is, this, the problem is, is this is the kind of stuff where you say, okay, you know, you know these, these, other, these other, it's Android phones are on the far end of the spectrum in one direction, and Apple's going too far in the other direction by not giving it, calling it the iPad 3. But Apple's a lot closer to reality <laughs> in what you can actually, again, remember and, you know, and walk into, walk into a store and say, hi, I want an iPhone, as opposed to, hi, I want an Android Sensation Incredible HG 1329 hike, you know. Or a Motorola it's- Moment Neo 2S. Neo, I thought maybe I'm watching <laughs> a certain movie series. <laughs> the Matrix. So- We're in a Matrix. We're in all... Oh. The LG Devour Vivid G2Z Prime. I don't know. We could get Devour an incredible sensation together, and that could be fun. I understand they yeah. have a very deep relationship that we can't describe on radio. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it is interesting. And, and, you know, we will see. But, you know, realistically, it's not going to make any difference. We saw the exact same complaints come out with, uh, we know when Apple came out with MacBook Air, um, even with the original iPad name, people were making tampon jokes. And gee, that that really hurt the sales a lot, guys. I think what it does is add more people to buy. They think, who debates the names of an Android tablet or an Android phone? We don't care. You know, they have some dumb name and we don't care. But with Apple, we have so far spent 35 minutes talking about little else but the name. (laughs) And I have to think, you know, Apple's sitting there saying, boy, they're laughing at this. It's like I think about the statement that Steve Jobs made about crack the code, about making this great smart TV, the best interface on the planet, imaginable, whatever, insanely great, marvelous. And he's thinking up there, wherever Steve Jobs is now, boy, they're still talking about what we're going to do. And they barely mention the Apple TV at Apple's session. They introduce a new Apple TV, which fundamentally has a new interface available for the older model, but it has a faster chip for 1080p resolution, okay? Which is, in the scheme of things, a very simple change to describe, but as a practical matter, Apple barely mentioned it. Very quick demonstration, it's gone. 
you know, and, and we didn't see any of the rumored, oh, it's going to have Siri or Steve Jobs said in his biography that it's just a 1080p Apple TV. Nothing wrong with that. It does exactly what it did before. Nicer interface in theory. I mine's downloading. I don't know if I haven't seen it yet. It's nicer, um, yes. And 1080p. Yeah. So, but you, know, you have to think hey, though. You have to think here that Steve Jobs, when he made that statement to his biographer, he knew how the media would treat it, how the rest of the industry would be spooked. Because Lenovo comes out with a smart TV. Lenovo, smart TV. What background do they have in making consumer electronics devices? They're a computer maker. It's not like Apple. Apple did do other things. They had one of the first digital cameras out there years ago. Apple has experience in making things other than computers. But Lenovo had to have been spooked to come out with a smart TV. There's no other reason. There are a lot of those kinds of things happening. We have a a Panasonic Viera Plasma. Um, that is a smart TV, and it has Netflix and you know Hulu and Amazon Plus and all that stuff as well. And honestly, it doesn't suck. You know, it, you know, it's 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 not really problematic. I mean, we use the Apple TV more um, because the, honestly, because the remote is better. That it's you know the Apple TV remote you can you can use in a dark room by feel. And it's way too hard to do that with the, the big clunky TV remotes with 17,000 buttons. You're constantly pressing the wrong thing. And so, but the, the interface, you know, isn't terrible. And it actually sometimes works better than the Apple TV at actually streaming Netflix. You know, so I think that, you know, Apple TV is definitely something that, you know, Apple is going to continue as a hobby, and maybe they've cracked something in the lab somewhere, but they're going to have to do something significantly different if they're going to be better, way better than everyone else. Now, by the way, speaking of Netflix, Apple apparently has some agreement with Netflix now. They'll support the new Netflix feature for 1080p downloads and allow you to bill Netflix through iTunes. Did you notice yeah. that? Huh, I had not seen So obviously that. Apple has made some kind of deal on the side with Netflix. Well, it, it has been interesting that we've never seen Apple do a subscription service uh, for TV, you know, for video or for, for music. And certainly much has been rumored, um, mostly because other people have it. And, you know, and there's this sort of sense that Apple would, would, would do something interesting in that space. But they've really liked the, you know, the, the, the per unit purchase or, you know, maybe a, a season pass where you're buying an entire season at a time via iTunes rather than um, just sort of subscribing to everything. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I imagine there are massive uh, discussions behind the scenes with all of the owners of that content. And we'll have the, to see how it comes. Maybe something to talk about in a few months. Who knows? Adam Inks, tell our listeners where we can find more of the things that you do. Well, all, everything we write on, on Tidbits is available at tidbits.com. And on Take Control Books, we have all sorts of good stuff, including our latest book, uh, Take Control of BB Edit which we'll be uh, announcing tomorrow on Friday. So people probably won't see this in time to, uh, or they won't see this before it's out, but uh, um, it will be ready uh, very shortly. Okay. And maybe Adam Inks will now officially refer to the new iPad <laughs> as the iPad 3. I f- think he's going to forget as soon as the show ends. Adam well, Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Anytime, Gene.
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. How would you like to have normal blood pressure? This is Ernesto from Illinois. I had my doctor's appointment yesterday and I got my labs in. My HDL is 119L and my LDL is 37L. My doctor asked what I was doing to lower it so much, so I told her about HB Extract. Millions of people like Ernesto are suffering from high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, and clogged arteries. But now there's an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation. Heart and Body Extract. My blood pressure has not gone past 125 over 80 in almost a month. Experience amazing benefits when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of Heart and Body Extract. She did a double take when she looked at my ER labs. She couldn't believe it. Order at HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. Thank you. Heart and Body Extract. 2012 is finally here, and while the government racks up another $1 trillion in debt, the IRS is hard at work collecting. In fact, they're even sending agents to some people's homes in place of business. If you owe back taxes, have years of unfiled tax returns, or are receiving threatening letters or phone calls, call the tax division of the law offices of Craig Zimmerman at 800-652-6978. Our tax division is spearheaded by a former IRS agent with over 31 years experience. He knows the ins and outs of the IRS and how to get them off your back once and for all. The phone call is free and so is the consultation. So call now. 800-652-6978. That's 800-652-6978. Don't wait for agents to knock on your door. Call 800-652-6978 or visit us on the web at www.craigzlaw.com. You'll be glad you did. These are strange days indeed, from economic turmoil to weather-related events, and yes, even power outages. Hi everybody, Jason Lewis here. Let me tell you why I use WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com provides the most affordable and complete ready-made meals for emergency preparedness and outdoor use. Their entrees like pasta alfredo, savory stroganoff, and apple cinnamon cereal carry a 25-year shelf life and are prepared in minutes simply by adding water. They even provide great-tasting a la carte items like freeze-dried fruits, vegetables, 
vegetables and desserts to ensure that you have more nutrition and energy when you need it most. Visit wisefoodstorage.com today to request a free entree sample and see for yourself why they are the best in the business. For a limited time, enter the promo code LEWIS to get no-cost shipping on any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com or call 1-855-FOODWISE and be sure to mention the promo code LEWIS for a free sample and free shipping on any order. Be wise and be ready with wisefoodstorage.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Ross Rubin of the NPD Group, and we're going to assess the impact of the new iPad, which we call the iPad 3 officially now. But I was wondering, Ross, before we get started... If Apple is proceeding in this direction, will they call the next iPhone the new iPhone? Uh, that would certainly put the iPhone in line with their other products, you know, at this point for, um, uh, I think, as long as it's been around, successive iterations of the iMac and iPod uh, have simply been known as, you know, the next generation or the new iPod or the new iMac. Uh, the iPhone had uh, been an, ex- an exception in some ways. So uh, whether that is um, due to perhaps uh, some of the concerns of the carriers, who can say? Uh, but um, uh, but yes, the the iPhone and iPad. The iPad had been proceeding in the tradition of the iPhone, uh, but now they are. Um, uh, bringing it back to uh, uh, to be um, n- numberless, and and so somewhat ironically, the new iPad will have uh, much better specifications than than the iPad two, which <laughs> which of course is its uh, predecessor. Yes, all in a name, and you have to think also the iPad. Although carriers will sell it at their stores, it's not dependent on the carrier. Therefore, they can do what the heck they want in calling it something. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, Apple could have, and uh, and again, uh, may well in the future, uh, refer to um, new iPhones as, as simply the new iPhone. To to your earlier point, uh, but uh, but yes, you know um, the the iPad and indeed uh, other tablets as well see most of their sales at retail and see um, most of their usage on Wi-Fi networks. Uh, that said, uh, Apple did focus uh, quite a bit on the LTE capabilities of the new iPad. Some of what uh, may be going on there uh, is that LTE uh, really has the power, the, the speed, to deliver the kind of media uh, that is more in line with how consumers use the iPad. Um, video, large, complex web pages, uh, as opposed to many of the mobile sites that tend to be simpler and lower resolution. Well, the other thing I've noticed here is that the specs for their LTE hardware is primarily U.S.-based. There may be issues with LTE rollouts in other countries because of different frequencies, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they, they are planning to uh, – they're saying it's going to be their, their largest launch uh, ever in terms of uh, countries uh, supported. So, um, uh, you know, they're certainly going to be active in many other countries now. Uh, and a lot of those a lot of those countries have not yet launched or don't don't yet have commercial uh, LTE deployments. So uh, so for a lot of them, the, the point may be moved. But but certainly over time, 
uh, in in most of the uh, European countries uh, and uh, and and you know likely many of the Asian uh, countries as well. Uh, we we will see LTE, and yes, uh, LTE is being deployed in uh, a very wide uh, array of bands. I, I certainly couldn't name or number all of them. Wouldn't uh, expect but, you to, but you know, uh, I was well, thinking e- even in this country, sure. you know, it's going to be deployed on quite a few bands. It wouldn't stop Apple from offering slightly modified models for different countries. I mean, if they're going to sell, you know, five, ten million per country, it doesn't make it that hard or difficult to provide the chips for different alternative versions of LTE. Yeah, you know, uh, the the chipset vendors, I mean, this is clearly not just Apple's issue. It's something that affects uh, all uh, handset providers, uh, or, or I should say all global handset providers, and, you know, most of the big ones are global. So, so the chipset vendors, you know, are working on uh, multi-frequency chipsets it's uh, it's just becoming a a requirement of the modern age and you know in 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 the long run uh, it will likely be somewhat simpler than uh, supporting the disparate uh, GSM and and CDMA uh, networks uh, of the of the past now we also notice here the battery is much more powerful obviously to get all the pixels on that retina display to handle LTE hardware Apple has made the product a little thicker, a little heavier, but the battery is reputed to be much larger. Um, yes, that, that would certainly uh, not be surprising you know, to preserve the overall profile and form factor of the device uh, while maintaining uh, the battery life. Uh, it, it certainly uh, wouldn't be surprising that it's a, it's, it's a larger battery uh, inside. Uh, Apple uh, actually probably gets a little bit of help from moving to a quad-core uh, architecture, uh, just um, looking at many of the claims that uh, NVIDIA made uh, when it rolled out the Tegra 3, it uh, it talked about the um, superior power efficiency of the quad-core architecture. So even though it is a more powerful chip, uh, it may uh, actually be more power efficient uh, than, than the predecessor. Now, uh, my understanding yeah. in looking at the specs at Apple for the A5X is that it's dual core for regular processing chores and for graphics it's four core yes which is confusing i guess yeah it, you know it is, these uh, chips architectures you know are becoming uh, very complex uh you know again nvidia uh, to contrast uh refers to the tegra 3 as a <laughs> a quad core chip with a fifth core you know that uh that sometimes kicks in uh, when uh, when necessary. Uh, on on all of these um, uh, modern architectures, though, even though a, a chip is possible of operating in up to uh, say four cores, th- it doesn't use all four cores if it doesn't have to. So if you're if you're doing a um, you know relatively simple uh, operation like typing, you know, on a in a, in a word processor. Uh, you know, that may well be uh, one core. You know, if you start playing a, uh, you know, graphically rich game, it will it will kick in the horsepower that it needs. Now, the other issue, of course, when we look at this product is this retina display obviously is an expensive part. I mean, I've seen estimates and you don't have to confirm them saying the thing costs $310 to build, which means Apple mm-hmm. sacrificing profit margins. So I guess with the cost of the display and the bigger battery, maybe that's why the front camera is no better than the last model and the rear camera is somewhat inferior to the one on the iPhone. 
you know, I, I think the decision on the rear camera uh, may have more to do with um, real estate than uh, than cost per se. Um, you know, uh, it's it's possible that that Apple's managing to the cost of the device. I, I think we've seen more of those kinds of decisions uh, with the iPod Touch, uh, for example, uh, where they're uh, you know clearly striving to to keep that device under. $200. And, and I think the $500 price point is important uh, to Apple with, um, uh, with, the, with the iPad uh, for an entry level price. But uh, the, um, you know, the, the, the iPhone um, uh, just may, may have a bit more real estate uh, to work with a, a larger uh, sensor at this point. And, and also, you know, let's uh, bear in mind that even though uh, Apple talked about uh, the idea of taking photos and videos with the iPad, and and in our research, we we do see um, some percentage of consumers doing that. Uh, about twenty percent of tablet owners say that they take photos uh, with their um, with their tablets. Uh, it is still a somewhat unusual scenario, you know. When you when you see people using an iPad to take a photo or take a video, they're hard to miss because the device is just so conspicuously large. Uh, for that task, uh, but there are and there are advantages to, to doing so, to using it, and there are good reasons uh, why people do it. Uh, but it's you know, awkward. It day, feels awkward. I'll tell you. It, well, it's, you know, some people like the stability of of holding that larger device with two hands, and and I and I think one of the real motivators, frankly, is that you know because it has such a large display. Um, you get to see more of the picture in framing the image. Here's my favorite reminder. If you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us. News at TechNightOwl.com. Once again, that's news at TechNightOwl.com. And check out our forums, forum.TechNightOwl.com. We have more coming up with Ross Rubin. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com don't answer it. 
If fear strikes your heart when the phone rings, knowing it may be another bill collector, it's time for you to call Zero Debt in 90 Days. 800-477-9256. Settlements, bankruptcy, and attorneys are not the answer and may end up costing you up to 10 times more than necessary. Listen, if you're already in debt, does it make sense to get buried in another payment plan? Zero Debt in 90 Days gets you out of debt in 90 days guaranteed without a payment plan and without attorneys or going to court. Get the fastest relief from debt on the planet when you call 800-477-9256. If you have debt with the IRS, credit cards, student loans, or a foreclosure, we can help at zero debt in 90 days, and we are the only organization to provide written guarantees on the results. Go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. That's ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. Or call now for free information, 800-477-9256. That's 800-477-9256. Take charge of your health. Get all natural innovative health products from the new affinityhealthproducts.com. From weight loss to cold and flu remedies to better joint function, discover natural products you can trust online at affinityhealthproducts.com. Like losing and snooze. Fact is, 90% of all diets fail. Why not try a completely new way of dieting? With lose and snooze, you can achieve weight loss while you sleep. Guaranteed. Reduce caloric intake, get a deep restorative sleep, build lean muscle mass, and keep your metabolic rate up to burn fat throughout the night and day with all-natural lose and snooze from AffinityHealthProducts.com. Include the one-day diet for a complete weight loss package. Order lose and snooze and the one-day diet and other all-natural products for men and women online at AffinityHealthProducts.com. Spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y HealthProducts.com. Or call 877-888-7126. That's 877-888-7126. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. We're exploring the sum of the parts or the parts that make up the new iPad, which we call the iPad 3. So you're saying basically that in some areas, maybe shooting a movie a high-definition movie, and Apple has added stabilization, just like they have on the iPhone 4S to the iPad 3. So with the iPad 3, I guess framing a larger image with a larger device might be better if you're trying to do a semi-professional kind of shoot. Oh, or, or, or maybe you know. you'll see an episode on TV shot with 
an iPad yeah, free. Uh, could could well be. I you know the the viewfinder. You know the the quote. You know uh, viewfinder. Large having a large viewfinder is, uh, is certainly uh, an interesting motivator to use an iPad. Um, uh, but but also. Uh, you know, because uh, it, it's such a good video playback device, you're you're really uh, removing the whole transfer uh, and move back to to another device loop. You know, your your capture and playback device uh, is is in one uh, unit, and and that's that's less sort of a less practical proposition with other products. I mean, of course, you can play back video on a smartphone, but if you really want to share it with a, you know, one or two other people, uh, it's uh, it's not going to be as good an experience. And likewise, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not the experience of playing it back on a a large uh, HD TV. Um, but but it's somewhere in the middle ground, you know. And and if you're sharing a video, say, uh, you know, your kids with uh, one or two other people around a couch, uh, it's uh, it's a you know pretty good experience for that. Now, looking over just the battery issue again, let's return back to the iPhone 4S, which has, it doesn't have LTE, and we see that Apple, in order to get LTE in the iPad 3 and the Retina display, they had to put a very large battery in there in terms of capacity and no doubt size. So when we go back to the next iPhone, which will be the new iPhone, or whatever it's going to be called, (laughs) with the new iPhone... Will Apple have to consider other battery options or making the components smaller, or are the LTE chips getting more and more efficient finally where it won't make much of a difference? It's not now. I mean, the Motorola, was it the Droid Max? Razor Max, yes. Yes, the Razor Max has to have this incredibly large battery. It has a, it has a monstrous battery. Uh, uh, They call it the Droid Max battery monster thingy. <laughs> there's a site, by the way, online. There's a site where you click on it and you see all the names of these Android phones. Ah, okay. And it dry. It's I guess real, but when you look at it, it drives you completely nuts. You have to wonder about the names. But I'm thinking in terms of the battery. Is there okay. a point here where the chips are going to be efficient enough not to have to worry about that nonsense? Sure. Uh, you know, we, we saw it with 3G. You know, uh, in, in the early days of 3G, uh, there was a, a lot of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the battery life on those phones was, was terrible. Uh, and, um, you know, these days, uh, we're just using our phones for much, much more um, than uh, than we were in those early days. There just really wasn't that much um, Internet content uh, around to, to access that was suitable uh, for use uh, on on a handset, uh, so that that's driving a lot more usage. Uh, the um, you know the Razer Max uh, you know is an interesting device because of course uh, Motorola you know uh, first had the the Droid Razer which was uh, an incredibly thin phone uh, for an LTE device really um, raised the bar uh, in terms of what people uh, would accept uh, in an LTE uh, handset uh, at under uh, I think close to seven seven millimeters certainly under eight millimeters uh, so uh, you know v- very impressive uh, product from a design perspective but but yes like many LTE phones the the battery life was lacking so. So they they added basically much more battery uh, to the device. That's really the only difference. But they're still coming in at uh, I believe under nine millimeters. You know, I think something like uh, eight point nine millimeters. And the design of the phone is not 
you know, really uh, compromised. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, as impressive as the Droid Razor, but it's not like it's a brick. You know, it's a very competitive uh, handset in terms of uh, thickness. So, you know, they, they claim that it's the best, uh, longest uh, 4G uh, battery life um, uh, in, in the market. Um, now, that's another issue. We only have a few moments left. Sure. Okay. They revised the display with the new iOS software 5.1 where it shows the carrier technology. And suddenly in certain parts of the United States <laughs> with AT&T, it doesn't say 3G. It says right. 4G. We have yeah. the 4G conundrum. Enjoy. But it's not really 4G. It's kind of like better than normal 3G, but that's it. Enjoy your uh, your marketing based upgrade. <laughs> well, you know this this goes back to T-Mobile uh, promoting uh, HSPA Plus, um, which is an evolutionary uh, technology, is 4G. Uh, and so, with T-Mobile doing it and AT&T offering a very similar, offering basically the same uh, technology, they would be remiss not to uh, competitively label. Um, that technology is 4G, uh, just like T-Mobile was doing. So uh, AT&T has two uh, 4G technologies, and they distinguish uh, the LTE one by calling it 4G LTE, just uh, just as Verizon does. The only problem would be, of course, don't put that label on the phone. You'll have no room for anything else in terms of the display. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they'll settle with 4G. And I, I have seen it shrunk down to the size of an icon um, where it says LTE. So, Well, we'll have to see when they have that implementation and have the, what they expect. Right. So in terms of industry reaction, pretty much the iPad 3 was almost precisely what was expected. In, in many ways, uh, you know, uh, very similar to the iPhone 4S in many ways in terms of just, uh, you know, same form factor, uh, upgrading of a lot of the, the key components. There may have been uh, some folks that were expecting Siri uh, to come to the iPad. We didn't quite get that, um, but, uh, but got there, dictation. Is, there is dictation, speech-to-text. Sure. And, and a lot of that is likely, uh, again, due to the iPad being uh, a less uh, constantly connected device uh, than a smartphone. So, um, so that's not happening yet, or perhaps they're just waiting at this point uh, for Siri to come out of beta or whatever new capabilities uh, they're, uh, they're planning to add to it. And we don't know whether it's possible later to add Siri to the iPad 3. We don't know about the internal processing that might be required and whether it's going to happen. Also, some people were talking in the final days before the introduction of a haptic keyboard, and that's the one mm -hmm. that gives you the sense of typing on a real keyboard because you're getting right. that visceral feedback. Right, and, and we see that on a lot of uh, uh, Android handsets and, and tablets. Uh, and so far, it's, uh, it's something that Apple has not implemented. Maybe they don't think they can do it well enough. It costs too much. But it doesn't look as if those keypads on tablets are helping sell those tablets. It's still just Apple, I guess, Amazon. Uh, no, you know, I, I guess, um, I mean, the haptics are, uh, I guess, a nice feedback uh, mechanism but but even with the haptics it, you know it's certainly no substitute uh, for a physical keyboard uh, for many uh, folks and so uh, you know we're starting to see a, a lot uh, more now in terms of uh, Bluetooth keyboards and keyboard cases and other accessories uh, and, and also again on the Android side um, and I think we'll see this a lot on the Windows side too 
uh, more hybrid form factors where uh, for people who are doing a lot of text entry, uh, that uh, that option will be more readily available for them. And of course, right now, a keyboard that came out called the One Keyboard from Matthias, one of our partners, and you can plug in your iPhone to it and use mm-hmm. as a keyboard that way. So it's interesting. Ross Rubin, where do we find more of the stuff you do? Um, well, you can follow me uh, on Twitter uh, at, at Ross Rubin, R-O-S-S-R-U-B-I-N. It's a good start. <laughs> the simplest way. You can find us, Tech Night Owl, at Twitter, at Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We're also, of course, at TechNightOwl.com, where you read my cutting-edge commentaries, where we've been talking a lot about the naming of the iPad 3 and getting a lot of response from Facebook, a lot of feedback about what the name should have been, could have been, could have, would have, should have. We also can be reached, news at technightowl.com, news at technightowl.com. We have that other radio show, the Paracast, about UFOs and things that go bump in the night at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And to Ross Rubin, thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.